Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll enjoy. Well, if we went home already right now, it'd be great, but we got some more. And uh, the enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our voice in victory. We're going to make our praises loud. The enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our in victory. We're going to make our praises loud. Sing it. The enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our voice in victory. We're going to make our praises loud. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We lift your name up. Declare it, the enemy. The enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our in victory. We're going to make our praises loud. The enemy has been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. We're going to lift our voice in victory. We're going to make our praises. One more time, shout. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of praise. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We lift your name up. We lift your name up. Now let me hear a shout in this house. Come on, lift up a shout. Well, I'll tell you what. Tell your neighbor right now, the enemy is defeated. Praise God. So blessed to have you here this morning, and we know that uh, God is moving the worship, uh, the testimonies. Uh, my, 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 just doesn't get any better than this. And uh, so grateful for the goodness of God. We've been talking about the kingdom. Everybody say the kingdom. Well, Jesus talked about the kingdom a lot. I mean, uh, you just, you can't read uh, in the New Testament without uh, Jesus, especially when he's sharing, he talks about the kingdom continually. And uh, we've been talking about the kingdom We want to continue that this morning because I believe God is showing us so much. Thank you for those of you that are joining us online. We're so glad you're joining us. Uh, What a blessing you are. We pray that you'll be able to not only uh, get the the mental part of this thing, but, man, that you'll be able to absorb even some of the atmosphere that's in this house as you uh, join with us. Also, let me announce that you're going to have something real special that's going on this, this next Sunday, a week from today. Andre... And Rita Zalewski will be sitting right here with us. Uh, and what a special time that is that they'll get to come here and be with us because we so, so, uh, we just have such a, a divine connection, such a heart connection with them. And you don't want to miss it. It's going to be over the top great. But, Lord, everybody say, Lord, your kingdom, say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Man, that's powerful. But today we've been, we've been talking about the kingdom, and today we want to continue and we, as we talk about kingdom light. Everybody say light. light. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering like he does still here, Amen. like he has already today. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. When God creates, uh, when when God's Spirit hovers in your life, 
in your circumstances, in your hospital room. When he's hovering, he's creating. Things are happening. He hovered. The Spirit of God hovered over uh, the face of the waters. Uh, was, uh, was the, the, the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Watch this. And God saw the light that it was good. Everybody say it was good. God divided the light from darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. The, the, if you look at the, the meaning of that word uh, good, it means to be in our favor or extremely pleasant. That's one of the definitions of that. When God said, let there be light, and when God saw the light, God said, it's good. That means to be extremely pleasant and in our favor. Wow. So we're going to go at it from that standpoint. In the light, we see things in our favor which changes our perspective. Darkness is the absence of truth in a certain area. And it happens when we believe that our difficulty is greater than the favor and love that God has for us. How many of you know that when you enter a room, watch this, especially for the first time, a room that you're not familiar with, or if you happen to live in a house where people, maybe you got a husband or wife that likes to move things around a lot, and you are, I'm not saying, just saying, you can assume that you understand how everything in that room is laid out. But I got news for you. When you live with a little gal that you can come home, and I'm not exaggerating, literally humongous pieces of furniture can be moved all by herself, drug around. I'm talking heavy stuff. And, I, and, and I'm like, how in the world did you do that? Well, I just wanted to change some things up. You can enter a dark room and think you understand it and think you know what's going on, but I got news for you. You better flip that switch and turn that light on. When you enter a, a room, especially one that we're not familiar with, the first thing we do is, is turn on the light. And I want you to declare it over yourself, over your life, some things you think you've known. Some areas you think, man, I, you know, man, I, I got this. You know, you don't, Scott, you know how old I am. You know how long I've been doing this. Oh, man, come on. Listen, I got news for you. I want to speak a word over you today, and I want us to all be willing to enter every room of our life of our lives, every room. And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to walk in those rooms, Teddy, and we're going to flip that switch. So I want everybody to say over your life, over everything that you think and see and perceive and understand, I want you to declare it this morning, let there be light. Come on, say it. Let there be light. Let's say it this way. Let there be light in every place of my life. Holy Spirit, Spirit, hover hover. like you did did. in Genesis Genesis 1. Hover Hover. over the darkness darkness. in my life. life. Do you believe that today and do you receive that? Do you make that declaration? One more time, let there be light. light. And what I'm saying is it's time to see ourselves as, as we are in the kingdom and not in the world. Now, you know, we've been exploring different passages as we've been talking about the kingdom. And uh, we spent some time in, in, in Numbers 13 and 14. Man, you can, you can go back. You can get so much out of Numbers 13 and 14. And, and the, the main essence of Numbers 13 and 14 that we discovered was this. Ten of the twelve spies, everything that they saw brought them to a place of fear. And dread. And here's something that is so important. And man, you need to think about this. You need to, you need to let it uh, marinate 
and soak in your heart and your life and in your mind. And, and today, we, know we, we may not do a whole lot of shouting in here, but I tell you what, what I've got, I believe, is so important. And it's, it's important enough that we grasp it and listen to it. And I want to teach some today, especially from this, this viewpoint of this. And I think it's important for our lives, for where we live today. Ten of those 12 spies, everything that they saw brought them to a place of fear. And watch this. What's the pattern that came out of that? There's three words. Everybody say perception, perception. Mindset, mindset, and language. language. We perceive, we think. <laughs> we perceive, we think, and then we we say, watch this. Ten of them perceive themselves as grasshoppers. They thought about themselves as grasshoppers. And then they talked about themselves as grasshoppers. Now, before you throw them under the bus, we all need to look back over our lives At maybe some times when things weren't going great and the first thing you do is you begin to perceive yourself one way and then you begin to meditate and think about yourself in that way and then before you know it, you're speaking out of the very things that you have perceived and thought on and you begin to say it and you begin to release it. So everybody say, perceive, perceive. Think, think, and say, and here's the thing, when they did that, and we got to realize, none of us live and die to ourselves. They not only affected their lives, they infected, affected an entire generation. They perceived, they thought, they said, and then they had influence over an entire generation. But that's the 10. But let's talk about the other two. The other two, what's this? And here's where people miss it when we talk about our faith. Yes, they saw giants. And let me, just, let me just throw this in there. I've said it before, but we need to realize it. A lot of people think the evil report that the other people brought back was the fact that there were giants in the land. There is nothing that was evil about reporting that there were giants in the land. It was their perception about who they were about the fact that there were giants in the land. The other two, they saw giants. Yes, they saw difficulty. Yes, they saw obstacles that would not be easy to overcome, but they saw nothing that God could not overcome. So it has to do with perception. It has to do with thinking. And it has to do with language with releasing. So here it is, and boy, we need to get a hold of this because we can get confused about this. Darkness is not necessarily an absence of information. And let me give you an example of this. By the time Jesus is on the scene, stay with me this morning, and he's teaching the religious, oh boy, I could go there, the religious people had taken 12 commandments and turned it into over 600 rules, regulations, law. And that's what happens when religion takes over. <laughs> so darkness is not necessarily an absence of information. The religious leaders, listen, of Jesus' day had turned 12 commandments into over 600. Darkness is absence of the truth. If any area of our lives is consumed with darkness, that means there is an absence of truth operating in that area. Come on, somebody. Say, let there be light. If, I, if, I, if I'm of the belief, well, you know what? God may want to heal me. Maybe he doesn't. And God maybe want me to have this. Listen, that's an absence of, of truth. That's darkness in, my, in, in an area of my life. 
God wants me healed. God wants me delivered. God wants me set free. God wants me to be prosperous. God wants me to be blessed. We don't need to allow darkness to influence any area of our lives. It must be uh, absolutely taken over by the truth. So, one more time, say, let there be light. Now, let's look at this in the life of some folks in the Bible, in the Scripture. First of all, let's look at Moses. We can all identify with Moses, and, and we look at it in Exodus chapter 6. And listen to this verse. It says, it came to pass on the day that the Lord spoke to Moses uh, in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spoke to him and said, I am the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. Watch this. But Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh heed me? Now notice this. There's a pattern here. Moses said, God, God says to Moses, do this. And Moses says, Lord, look at who you're talking to. <laughs> Behold. Behold means to look at. To gaze upon. Look at who you're talking to. Moses said to the Lord, Behold, Lord. And in my heart, let me tell you, in my mind, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I think Moses is saying. Let me remind you, God, in case you forgot, who you're talking to. In Acts, Chapter 7, we missed this. There's a, there's a powerful revelation about Moses in, in the book of Acts. Beginning at verse 22, listen to this. And Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians. He was a man of power in words and deeds. But when he was approaching the age of 40, it entered into his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. And we, when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended him, took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. Watch this. And he supposed or literally was thinking that his brethren understood that God was granting them deliverance through him, but they did not understand. Wow. So Moses is saying, Lord, in case you've forgotten, I am the guy who at 40 killed an Egyptian. I got ahead of this thing. I was, and when I did it, Lord, I was thinking the people are going to rally around me and look out. Revolution, here we come. All right, all right. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. Now, I know none of you have ever done anything to where you thought it was going to turn out different than, than it did and ever experienced disappointment. Well, boy, I tell you what, man, you guys are amazing. How many of you have ever been disappointed in your life ever one time? Boy, I tell you what, I got both hands up. You're thinking it's going to turn out like this, and it don't turn out that way. Moses says, I'm that guy. I thought they were going to rally around me. But listen, not only did he end up being rejected by his own people, he also ended up being re rejected by the Egyptians. He had to flee for his life by the people he thought he was going to deliver. He is totally rejected. His sense of self-worth is destroyed. And you will find, if you were to read this, as you go on into his life, those 40 years that he's going to spend out there in the desert, uh, in the backside, uh, on the other side of the wilderness, he is so rejected that when his first son is born, he names him Rejection, Gershom. So Moses is basically saying, behold, look who I am. I am here because I left there confused, embarrassed, and discouraged. But watch what happens when God turns the light on. Moses says, look, God turns around, watch this. Watch what God says. So the Lord said to Moses, What's the first word, if we can get that up? That first word, he says, I'll just, I'll just read it to you. But So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you. The Lord says to Moses, See, I have made you. 
as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. Moses says to God, behold. God turns around and says to Moses, no, you behold. Uh-uh, don't tell me to look, you look. I have made you. I have made you. I have made you. But you got to look to see it. You got to have light shine on that place of darkness. Moses, you are. Come on. You are not the rejected one. You are not the despised one anymore. You are not that same man. You have spent 40 years. I have brought you back. My hand is on you. Stop looking at yourself the way you used to look at yourself and begin to see yourself through my eyes. I have made you. Tell your neighbor right now, God has made you. Boy, if, I don't know if anybody else is getting that, but me and you, Susan, but bless God. Man, see, I have made you. I want you to put, I, I tell you what, do this right now. Put your hand on your chest and say, thank you, Jesus. I see what you have made me, who you have made me. Put your name in there, folks. Put your name in there. Man, every day get up and say, God, I see who you have made me. I see don't be saying like Moses did, Lord, you look, and God says to Moses, no, you look. Because it has to do with our perception and then our, what we meditate on, our mindset, and then we begin to speak out of that. Wow, that is good preaching and teaching, Brother Scotty. You know what? You can see this in the life of Elijah. Turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. You know this story, but man, it's so powerful. Second Kings chapter six in the life of Elisha. The Syrian king, there's a Syrian king in this story and he was doing his best to entrap uh, Israel and destroy the nation. But every time he would make plans, uh, a prophet, the, the prophet of, of course, Elijah, Elisha rather, uh, would keep warning Israel about what the Syrian king was up to. In other words, he was getting words of wisdom. He was getting words of knowledge. The supernatural was, was flowing through him. He was experiencing this. And he would tell them what the Syrian king was up to before he, the Syrian king could ever attack and do anything. So Syria's king said, we must have, there, there's got to be a spy around here somewhere. And uh, so he was told, no, it's not a spy. It's that prophet Elisha. And he's telling the nation what your plans are even before you know what. Isn't that an awesome story? Somebody ought to make a movie about that. He said, he's telling them what your plans are even before you know what your plans are and before you know it. So the Syrian king decided he's going to, he says, I'll tell you what, I'm, we're going to take this prophet out. We're going to get rid of him. So he surrounds him with his army, and that's where we pick it up in 2 Kings 6. Listen to this. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant, the man of God, arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Everybody say, let there be light. Open his eyes that, they, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Wow. You know, I, now put yourself in that. Before you, again, it's so easy to read the story knowing the end of it and say, well, man, how could he be? Well, let me tell you what. You get up in the morning just like he did. And I can imagine, I'm sorry, you're going to have to let me just kind of get out there a little bit. He's 
about to get up, Teddy, and he's going to have his cup of coffee, his devotions, walk outside on a beautiful day. You know, just, just going to get up, and you walk out, and the first thing you see when you go out is you are surrounded by an army who has one thing in mind. They're going to kill you. How many of you believe that might be shocking? And so basically, here's what he said. Alas, master, we did. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Hey, it's just over. It's, we, we did. Don't you understand? I mean, we are surrounded. And Elisha, I believe he lays hands on him, and then he says, he prays, Lord, op- watch this, open his eyes that he might really see. That he might really see. And kingdom light floods his being. But watch this. His eyes, oh, this is so powerful. His eyes were opened to see for the first, for the first time what Elisha sees. Let there be light. Let my eyes be open. Let me see and let me add this to it. Let me not only see with my spiritual eyes, but God, let me hear with my spiritual ears so that when I am surrounded, when the impossibilities rise up and begin to shout and I get up in the morning and the first thing I'm expecting is to have my great time and get my caffeine rolling and get my body moving and I walk out and I look and I see the, cha- the, the chariots and the horses and people around about the hills and I begin to say, oh, this is not what I expected. But here's the thing. I got to have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord would say. And I begin to rise up inside and I begin to say, Lord, I don't want this to be a one-time encounter. I don't want it to just happen when this other stuff is going on. Father, I want this to be the way that I live my life and how I perceive and walk in this in everyday life. He says, open his eyes that he might see. And he sees for the first time what Elisha sees all the time because kingdom light floods his being. And you know, this is really a type of our true reality in Christ, who we are. Man, I could could get into that, but I won't. Let's look at it in the life of Paul. Can I have five or ten more minutes? Let's look at this in the life of Paul. Or Saul, as he was known. In Acts 9, Saul, still breathing out threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. He falls to the ground And he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Very interesting little side note here. It's in in the person of, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who was Saul persecuting? The church. He said, who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Jesus takes it personal. When you come against his people, he is not an indifferent God. It's personal. Be careful when you walk in these things. He said, why are you persecuting? I'm Jesus. Who you're persecuting? It's hard for you to, to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord said to him, arise and go to the city. You'll be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless. They heard a voice, but they didn't see anybody. Man, isn't that, wouldn't you love to have been standing on the side watching this? If only I had a time machine. That's something I'd love to experience. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one 
But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. And here's the thing, and boy, I hope you can apply this to your life. Because if there's one thing I feel like that God has called and anointed me to do and us to do, that is to help you see how God sees you. And who you are. And what your life can hold because of that. And how to live out of that. I'm going to say something, and I don't want you to take it the wrong way because I believe in it so strongly. But our life has got to be more than just running up to the altar, having a hand waved over us, run out to the parking lot, and then living exactly like we lived before. This stuff has got to be real in everyday life, in everyday walk, and it is. What God said at the altar this morning is enough laps. It's time to lift up a shout of praise. That's something you can live out. That's something I can live out. And so... Saul has this encounter and then there's going to be a process that's going to be enacted in his life that's going to totally change his life and our lives and and lives of people for eternity. Because what's this? Saul totally believes that he is serving God. When he's persecuting the church, when he's doing all this, he's doing it with zeal. He's doing it with passion and he's doing it because he believes he's doing the will of God. Because religion has blinded him. Religion will blind you. Let me tell you what religion will. Boy, I'm telling you, I may just get all up in there now. Religion will blind you to the goodness of God. It'll cause you to make you feel like you've got to work for everything you get. It'll cause you to make you, make you think that you're never going to be good enough, that God doesn't want to bless you, that God's not a good God. I'm telling you, religion is a, a, a thief and a robber. God wants us to see him as he really is. He wants us to know him as he really is. He wants us to have an understanding of grace that is greater than the power of the law. Man, if you ever get a hold of that. But Saul thinks he's serving God because religion has blinded him. And then God turns the light on. Watch this. And in that moment, and boy, some, you, you will experience this. I will experience this in every area and places in our lives. In that moment, when that light comes on, you have to realize what this man had to have felt. Because everything he believed about God and believed about himself was challenged. I thought I was serving God. I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought all of this judgment I was bringing and all of this stuff I was walking in, I thought this was a God thing. And in a moment, he walks into a room that he thinks he knows. The light comes on and he's seeing things he's never seen before. How many of you are ready for the light to come on and see some things you've never seen before about yourself, about your family, about your future? Man, oh my goodness. Religion has blinded him. God turns the light on. Everything he thought he knew was challenged. And listen, this is how upset Paul was. This is how traumatic it was. Let me tell you something. Truth that is released into the darkness of your life can be traumatic for a while. He didn't eat or drink for three days and nights. Now, I don't know of anybody who's ever not had anything to eat or drink. You may even if you're fasting. This man was so revolutionized and and what he began to see so totally captivated him that literally he couldn't eat or drink. Three days and nights. Anybody in here besides me ever been to a place to where you thought you knew the will of God? You thought you understand who God was? You thought you knew who you were? You thought you had it all figured out? And then suddenly God begins to speak and suddenly a light comes on and then you realize 
I've been living in bondage and didn't even know it. I've been living. I might just have to preach to you. I've been living less than when God's a God of more than. I've been living without when God wants to bless. I have been living in turmoil and anxiety and strife and stress when God wants me to live in peace and abundance. I have been living in places I had no business living in and all of a sudden, and it can be traumatic. You're like, oh man, I wish I had known. But listen, I got a word for all of you who are like me, who maybe you haven't arrived yet, but you have left. Maybe you have been living in a place where you can look back and think, man, I wish I would have known it sooner. God is the God of the makeup. He can make up for lost time. He can make up for lost years. I said his grace is awesome. His grace is powerful. My grace is more than enough he says and I will make up for everything the enemy has ever stolen or taken in your life that's the kind of God we serve and I tell you what in Jesus name while the anointing's in here we're sending that healing word to Brad and I'm telling you in Jesus name every blockage in him is going to be released and opened up and we're going to get a good report a healed report a totally redeemed report we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living in Brad's life everybody turn and put your hands right back there toward that family wave at us family that's believing in Jesus name Father we declare and we decree healing and health over this young man he will testify to the goodness of God Father we believe let there be light I thank you that doctors are not going to just operate in the natural. They're going to operate in the supernatural. There's going to be revelation, clarity, understanding, and in Jesus' name, we declare it and we decree it by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Healing, Brad, in Jesus' name. Somebody give God praise in this house. Paul thought he was pleasing God, but his, his world was so rocked. He couldn't eat or drink for three days and he had to be led around by the hand. Boy, there's so much there. As we come into new revelation, it matters who's leading us by the hand. Hey, listen, you can't just swallow everything everybody says out there. They'll have you back in religion. They'll have you in bondage. They'll have you back under the law. Can I sound a warning for just a moment. Be careful about going anywhere that gets you back under legalism and the law. Because it can feel good to your flesh when you feel like, well, you know what, I've kept all the rules and I've done all of this and, and I'm just telling you right now, there's a revelation of grace that is so liberating, so powerful and so beautiful. Don't ever leave grace and go back under the law. Come on, somebody say amen, Brother Scotty. Anyway, Paul comes to this place in his life. And he is experiencing th something he's never experienced before. Because what's this? And here's, here's, here's how I had to say it. Learning to focus on truth that is different than you thought takes sight adjustment. Wow. It takes sight adjustment because when you are living in the dark and light floods the room, it can be traumatic. Have you ever been in the dark and all of a sudden walked out into the bright sunshine? What happens? I mean, like maybe you go to the theater. That's one of the best, that, that's the places where you experience the most. And uh, by the way, we Susan and I, I think the last the last picture we saw was Overcomer. Go see it. It's a good Christian flick. Flick is another term for movie for the older generation. Just in case, just FYI, go see it if it's still out. Anyway, when you walk out of that theater, it's been dark in there, and especially if it's a bright, sunny day, you're like, oh, because your eyes have got so adjusted to the dark that darkness feels normal. 
no more. Uh-uh. No more. You're not putting me back in that dark hole again. Oh, come on, church. Y'all not helping me this morning. I said, you are not putting me back in that dark hole again. I have discovered who my God is. I have discovered who I am. I have discovered his great love for me. I have discovered what it means to be free. I have discovered what it means to be set free from, from man's systems. And I have discovered that there is a place in God that is beautiful and it's radiant and you can open your eyes and see all the colors of the rainbow. I got news. I'm not going back to that dark hole and that box anymore. Man. Because when you've been living in the dark and, and, the, and the light floods your room, again, I want to mention it could be traumatic. I'm going to wrap up with this. Listen, Peter is the next example of this in Matthew 16. And we, were, we, got to go, we got to go to this place where this happened, this last trip to Israel, and it was so awesome. I loved being there. It was just great to where this revelation took place. You know the story. Jesus comes into the region of, region of uh, Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they say, Some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. And I say to you that you're Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Jesus asked them, who do people say that I am? It's interesting. Some of the answers are really weird. Well, I mean, we read this religiously and we don't pay attention. Do you realize what they said? Some say you're John the Baptist. Where was John the Baptist? Hello, church. He was dead. You John the Baptist? No. Some say you're Jeremiah. Jeremiah dead. Are you one of the prophets? Man, people can get some real goofy ideas about who Jesus is. I mean, think about it. Get, get in the reality of that moment. And so he gets all these wrong answers and uh, uh, he said, who are, who are people saying that I am? John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets? But then Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And you're talking about a boom moment. But watch this. Jesus doesn't turn around and say, okay, you're Peter and I'm going to build my, rock, uh, my church on Peter. People misread that. It's not what it says. He says, you're the Christ. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father is in heaven. And on this rock, I will build my church. What is that rock? That rock is who he is. The church is built on who he is. Who he... Your life has to be built on who he really is. That's why there's got to be light. The darkness is dispelled by the light. We can spend so much time cursing darkness when really all we need to do is flip the switch. Turn the light on and then watch what happens. Watch the darkness flee. I got news for you. In a moment, this room could be totally dark. But then in the next moment, I could speak and I could say, and I'm not against all of that. You, by the way, you know what real spiritual warfare is? It is simply walking in everything Jesus has already provided as I partner with the Holy Spirit. Let there be light. He says, and I'm going to build my church on this, who I am. Who I am. Everything in our lives Everything in our lives has to be built around who he is. The revelation of who he is. The revelation of who he is. And then, watch this, 
as I have a revelation of who he is, I'll begin to have a revelation of who I am. How many of you want to know who you really, 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 really are? And then begin to find out who he really, really is. Man, I will build my church on who I am and the gates of death and darkness will not prevail against it. I said, he said, I will build my church on the revelation of who I am and the gates of death and darkness will not prevail against it. You know, I want to give you a prophetic summary of what I want to share with you and then I'm going to give it back to Robbie for just a moment. But listen, the place in your life this is a revelation. This is a light moment. This is a breakthrough moment, I believe, for some of you in here today. The place in your life where you have been counted out will become the place of your greatest encounter in God. And I am making this declaration. You see, part of this has to do with the spirit of poverty. And Brother Scott, you haven't been talking about money. Poverty has a, is about a lot more than money. A spirit of poverty is about a lot more than money. But I am, I am saying over you, and I believe God wants to say over you today, watch this. A spirit of poverty is accepting limitation and being governed by lack in any area, any place in my life. I do not want, oh, come on, church. I don't want to have a poverty spirit in any place in my life. I don't want to have a poverty spirit about my emotions. I don't want to have a poverty spirit about my mind. I don't want to have a poverty spirit about anything in my life, anywhere, anytime, ever, 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 ever. I do not want to have a poverty spirit about who I am. And I got news for you. I'm turning the light on and it's going to stay on. And that's got to be that way for you too. Man. Poverty is accepting limitation and being governed by lack in the air. Watch this. Father God, I want, in fact, I tell you what, how, how many of you want to receive a breakthrough in any area of your life? Say, I receive this. Say, I'm receiving this today. Father God is removing every poverty spirit from your heart and your mind. I'm talking about poverty of imagination. Brother Scotty, I don't have much of imagination. I said last week, yeah, you do. If you worry, you've got an imagination. If you ever worry and connect the dots and see things way down the road, you know good and well. Look at you. I'm telling y'all are looking at me this morning. I'm trusting that you're listening, but I got to tell you, Listen, y'all looking at me like you had never had a pain and immediately begin to Google it. And then you, next thing you know, man, you gone. Yep, that's what I got, all right. That's it. I mean, yeah, started in my feet. Next thing you know, worked its way all the way up. Bang, shot out my arm. I knew it. I, Grandpa had it and Aunt Louise had it. And, and then you want to look at me and tell me you don't have an imagination. You got an imagination. God gives us, oh man, I'm telling you. God gives us imagination so that we can link up with his light. And you know what? I am... Bless God, and that doesn't mean you don't have problems, but I got news for you. I'm going to use my imagination to see myself young and strong and healthy and vibrant. <laughs> Playing with my kids and grandkids and great-grandkids and enjoying life 
and seeing ministry happen and watching God bless people and seeing things good in the future. We have an imagination. We just need to flip that switch on that thing and make sure we aren't using it in reverse. And sometimes the worst thing you can do, and I'm not saying don't be educated and don't, but what I'm saying is we listen to all the wrong stuff and we read all the wrong stuff and we fill ourselves up with all this darkness and you wonder why it's so depressing. Let there be light. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the greatest places that I experience light is in, like we did this morning, in, in the presence of worship. And when we're worshiping and praising God. When we begin to sing, the enemy's been defeated. Death couldn't hold you down. Well, you know what? The next thing you know, I am seeing myself different because something is going on. The light's coming on. I'm, I'm hearing that. Here's the thing. As in heaven, so on earth and so in me. That's what we said last week. As in heaven, so on earth and so in me. My perception changes. My thinking changes. My language change. But it's based out of that godly imagination that we have. In fact, I tell you what. I want you to make a declaration. I'm going longer than I said, but it's just part of it. It's normal. I want you to say, I see myself praising my God, living abundant life, seeing His will, His plan, His purpose, his abundant life in every part of me. I have godly imagination. I have power over darkness. I am who he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. He is faithful. And I will see. No, I will see. I will really see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Everything I do will prosper and be blessed by the hand of my God. Thank you, Jesus. Your plan, your purpose, your goodwill, your perfect will will be on display in me and through me. Amen. Amen. That means, listen, we do not have, we cast down. Every Father God is removing every poverty spirit from our heart and mind, poverty of imagination, poverty of vision, poverty of vision, poverty of courage, poverty of barrenness, and any and everything that keeps you discouraged and beat down. God didn't call us to figure out how to be better slaves in Egypt. In any, that means in any area, spirit, soul, and body. That's, that's not God to figure out how to negotiate with the devil just to leave us alone enough to go to the wilderness, make a sacrifice, and come back. Pharaoh. Pharaoh doesn't rule. Pharaoh doesn't rule in our life anymore. I got, I got a word for everybody. There's a king on the throne, and his name is Jesus. There's a king on the throne and his name. I said, there is a king on the throne and his name is Jesus. There's a king on the throne and his name is Healer. 
there's a king on the throne and his name is provider. There is a king on the throne and his name is Jehovah Jireh. There is a king on the throne and his name is El Shaddai. There is a king on the throne of every place in my life, in my heart, in my family, and the spirit of barrenness does not rule and reign over any place in our lives anymore. No more, no more, no more. Mm-mm-mm. So that's what we're doing. So here we have, here it is. In light of this, we have to rethink our assumptions about what is possible and what's not. Because in the light of my favor and in the light of my perception, about, from God's perspective, it changes everything. You know my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures in all the scripture, in all the Bible, it's Ephesians 1.18. Let me read it to you in the Passion Translation and, we're, and I'm finished. I pray that the light of God, watch this, will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Amen. Let me just stick this in here. About two, year, two three years ago, I started working on something personally for us, a, a ministry to, that I could write some books out of and that we could help uh, support our family as they step out in faith. And God gave me the word when I was praying over it. God, I, I was asking God, God, what do you want me to, what, what would be a great name for this ministry? And man, this is, Bill, this is when it just illuminate ministries. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's been birthed, it's been born. And this is where it came from. Watch this. I pray that the light of God, this is in the Passion Translation, will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Mm. flooding you with light. I got to share this, and I know this is, when God gives you a promise, you need to make your imagination an incubator for seeing it come to pass. Meditate on it. Meditate on that, and, and let your imagination begin to, you're going to, listen, church, let's get real. You are incubating something. Give the Holy Spirit something to hover over. Whether it's a business, whether it's a family thing, whether it's a health issue, begin to meditate and, and, and make your imagination an incubator for the promises of Almighty God. You're going to be imagining something, man. Begin to imagine that thing coming to pass. Begin to see yourself in that position. I mean, I see you there. Begin to see yourself stepping into that place. Begin to see yourself walking in favor. Begin to see yourself having some things that you have not had before and experiencing. Listen, some of you have problems sleeping at night. You like me, man, you have, to, you have to fight sometimes. Listen, begin to imagine yourself sleeping all night. Somebody says, man, I sleep like a baby. I wake up three or four times a night, cry. And I don't want to sleep like a baby. I want to sleep like a person who is full of peace, who is at rest whose soul is at rest. Hallelujah. That's a promise for somebody in here. Begin to see it in your imagination. Incubate it. Amen. That'll, that'll work too. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, oh, come on. Hallelujah. Here we go. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name. All right, let's all stand up. Everybody stand up. You know what? You got to listen to the Word of God. Amen. And uh, the devil's defeated. <laughs> Amen. Let me have the musicians come, and we're going to, I'm going to turn it back to Robbie. But Father, in Jesus' name, now we thank you. And we got to take care of whatever we got to take care of. And that's what we do. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for a mighty move of your spirit. Everybody focus on the Lord, okay? We're not going to give the enemy a place. I'm telling you, I'm not shocked at all. <laughs> This doesn't shock me at all. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you right now for a mighty move of your spirit that every lying voice of the enemy is under our feet. Hallelujah, and Jesus is Lord. 
We thank you, Father. Every spirit is cast down. And Jesus, the light of the love of God and the glory of God is released in this place. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. Now, Lord, help us to see ourselves the way Jesus sees us. Help us to see ourselves the way the, the light of the gospel that has been revealed to us sees us. Father, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. And we give you a shout of praise in this house that will literally defeat the works of darkness. Glory to God. And Father, we thank you now. We're going to lift our voice. We're going to lift our shout. We're going to lift our praise. We're going to lift up our honor before the praise of Almighty God and nothing in Jesus' name shall be able to overcome those uh, words that are released from our mouth in praise, Father. Thank you in Jesus' name. Let's all lift up one more time. Give God a shout of praise in this house. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org. 